Oh dear. Here we go. Episode three of Oh Dear. Welcome back. Happy New Year. Made it to 2021. Despite what everyone on the internet thought, things stayed the same, even though it went from 2020 to 2021. But we are back here. Uh, Dustin Moore, how was your Christmas? It was good. Uh, Hung around the house. My daughter had a lovely Christmas spoiled by Santa. So things are good around here. And going over now to the host with the most booster seats. Kevin Walsh, how was your holidays? Yeah, holidays were good. I mean, it's pretty quiet as we're supposed to do. The weather was beautiful. So just trying to get outside as much as we can with the kids and keep everyone from going too stir crazy inside the house. And you're back for episode three. So you know what? That's two in a row for you. That's your longest streak so far. That's right. New year, new me. Bring back the old Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) And last but not least, if he was the prize in a race, everyone would be running backwards. Ryan Lund, welcome back. Thanks, Ted. You're not going to ask me how my Christmas was? I just, I kind of thought it was implied. (laughs) Like you obviously don't care how my Christmas was. Well, I don't, but I guess how was your Christmas? Uh, It sucked, man. Like, I think everyone's expecting it to suck. I mean, it was as good as it could have been, like everything considered. Went over went over to my dad's because he lives alone, so so it's allowed. Had supper, had great Christmas dinner. That was Christmas Eve, and then Christmas Day, yeah, it didn't really do anything. See, this is why I didn't ask, because you just brought everybody down right off the hop. So just say good, and then we'll cut it to that, and then and we'll get on with our lives here. <laughs> Ryan, how was your Christmas? Ted, it fucking sucked. <laughs> No, it was good. It was good. I mean, I think everyone's happy to get it over and done with and and, and get 2020 behind us now. So yeah, I'm looking forward to Christmas 2021. I have a question for you too. Ryan, what did you get Ted for Christmas? <laughs> I actually, I uh, impressed even myself, Kev. I got him a mask and he's been going on and on about the Golden Girls. So I got him a Golden Girls mask. Which and is, it, it is amazing. Yeah, I think uh, I think I knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I didn't know we were doing gifts. Luckily, I, I bought him some beer, which I think is, I don't know if I could get you a, a better gift. Yeah, it was amazing. It was more, yeah. But no, it, it was it was a, a great mask. It was uh, Red Raven Crafts. So yeah, now I've got uh, four of the most important women in my life on a, on a mask all the time, and I'll cherish it forever. So yeah, you, you, you surprised me. A, you listened to something that I said, and B, yeah, you, you were pretty thoughtful there, and, and I appreciate it. So yeah, I guess my Christmas couldn't have been better. Oh, you're welcome, Teddy. So that might actually roll in perfectly. We're going to start off with the Glad game again, and and I want to start off by saying something. Been thinking, been thinking this for a while, and I'm sure other people have said this, but Dustin, you deserve a lot of credit because you're the most well-connected guy in Red Deer, and you happen to have a pretty close personal friendship with Santa. Now, we gave Santa a hard time for not coming here, and he did, but I think it's amazing that you called Santa, you know, in a COVID year where kids couldn't go and see Santa. For some people, it was their first chance to take their kids to see Santa. You called up Santa and made him go, got him to go around our friends and, and you know, on their doorsteps and safely meet the kids and stuff, and I think might have even meant more to the parents than it did to the kids, and you know, a shout out to, I believe Dave McEnany actually introduced you to Santa, but I, I think it's, uh, it deserves deserves to be said that, you know, even though I don't have kids, seeing that and seeing people's picture on social media is a, a pretty amazing and a great example of people coming up with kind of doing uh, cool, creative, innovative things to make 2020 as good as they could. So no backhanded compliment here, just big props to you for that. I got the body for it, so it was it was a pretty easy slide into that suit. I was a little worried. Well, you you mean you have the body you have the body to call Santa and ask him to go to people's houses? Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. sorry. And let's be honest, we're all kids at heart. So when I saw Santa Claus, my eyes lit up, 
and it just it just made my day. I don't know. My doctor told me I have a heart of an eighty year old, but that might be something different. <laughs> yeah, I thought Santa was very thoughtful in his gifts to you guys. Oh yeah, he's very thoughtful. Uh, it's kind of a little bit of a jerk move, but he's a busy guy. So yeah. well, we kind of we we kind of already established that Santa's a jerk, but it was still nice to see him, and it, it started off our holiday season right. That's the first time I've been iced by Santa Claus. And I don't think, and I've got a sneaking suspicion it's not going to be the last time. After what you said, I think you deserved it. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did call him out last time, didn't I? I didn't even think he was listening to the podcast, but I guess he, he knows when we're sleeping. He knows when we're awake. I guess he's got time to listen to a podcast. Teddy, I appreciate the the compliment of, of my connections with Santa. I'll, I'll go next. I'll go, uh, I think I'm turning my attention here to, to Lundy. And uh, I got a couple for you here tonight, Lundy, because t- typically you're you're the guy that gets backhanded, complimented, and and uh, well, first of all, I'd like to say I, I'd like to thank you for for being my body double. I think we're pretty similar in nature in our bodies. You're about 15 pounds lighter. I'm about two inches bigger, uh, height, height. <laughs> but uh, where are you going with this? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, my two compliments, although I'm thankful for the body double, is uh, you're definitely number one on my speed dial whenever I want to have a good night. There's no doubt that if I text you, you're in, you're game, you're ready to go. So appreciate that. And and my second one is uh, I appreciated all the years you organized a huge Beersby tournament out at your lake house. Uh, I think it got up to over 150 people the one year and you had to tone it down, but um, I think I am the last ever champ of the tournament and I'll, I'll cherish that memory of you forever. He had to get a pat on the back, self pat on the back in there, even though it was a nice compliment. Yeah. I don't know what all that body talk ahead of time was. I mean, you could have just gave me those two compliments and that would have been it. That would have been perfect. I think but... we found out actually, I'm going to interject with a quick story about how Lund is not your body double because remember the night you decided to have a little fashion show and try on everything in Lund's closet and oh, Dustin yeah. comes out <laughs> Comes out wearing Lund's pants and goes, Lund, why do you buy your pants so short? That's so stupid. Is it Dustin? You're like four inches taller than him. Of course, <laughs> his pants don't fit. Yeah, he pulled a he pulled a Joey Tribbiani and tried on every single one of my shirts in my closet, and he looked like he looked like Chris Farley. That's how big he was. So I, I guess uh, I guess that's they, a good analogy. Yeah, Chris Farley times Joey Tribbiani. Yeah, perfect. So, so for those of you that aren't that haven't seen Dustin before, just picture if those two had a baby. That's that's what Dustin Moore would look like, and shaved off its eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Thanks for the compliments. Yeah, that Beersby tournament we did that for about ten years. I think a lot of our listeners may have even participated. We got up to 180 players one year, and we're we're thinking once all this COVID stuff is is uh, done. We might do it again sometime in the future. Maybe not this summer, but maybe we'll do it when we're all 40 years old and, and want to relive our youth. And everyone who's listening is invited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Uh, yeah, we'll just have to we'll see what my parents think because it's still their, it's, it's their property. Yeah, I don't want you to get grounded. Hey, as long as your dad's still on the grill making the hamburgers, I'm good. Oh, yeah. Don, Don makes the best burger in Gull Lake for sure. Uh, so I guess, I guess it's my turn to give a nice compliment to Kev and I'm just going to give, give him one and it's going to be a good one. Kev, you are 
the most reliable person I know. When you say you're going to do something, you actually do it, which is a rarity. So just keep being you, man. Thanks, Lindy. You guys see that? No, no That's extra it, stuff. Yeah, no, good. no backhanded stuff. Just yeah, you got in, you got out, and yeah, it was just, it was true, and it was very nice. Yeah, hey, you're welcome. All right, so uh, I'm going to talk about Ted. So I just want to bring up last episode. You brought up uh, Blue Toes, the Christmas Elf movie, and as soon as you started talking about that, I had flashbacks to my own childhood and the way you described the movie. I just thought I have seen that. I can recall these these images in my head. Uh, luckily I was able to find it on YouTube and I was able to watch it with my kids. It was awesome. I remembered exactly what happened. I ended up making my kids watch it twice and, and they somewhat liked it. I mean, it's a little old and the version on YouTube was actually recorded on a VCR. So there's times where it gets all warped because you <laughs> yeah, can tell that the yeah. film is like busted. Uh, so that also brought back memories, but overall, uh, I had totally and completely forgotten about that. And I don't think I ever would have remembered it again if you hadn't brought it up. And I'm really happy you did because, uh, like I say, it brought back some some good memories and I'm glad I was able to share with my kids. So, thank you. As always, we're, we're partners in nostalgia once again. Yeah. And I, you know what? You might be the only person who actually watched it once I brought it up. Uh, other than I guess my sister and it gave my nephew nightmares. So that's a, that's a whoopsie. <laughs> that's a whoopsie there. Uh, sorry, sorry for the late nights they had to put up with, with him. So one, one for two is not bad though. And yeah, I'm, I'm always glad to have someone to share nostalgia with. So anyone listening right now probably hates this because we were like super nice there and it was, it was nice to hear. We're going to move on though. Oh, we, uh, we have a guest waiting again, uh, went, went a little bit of, of a different angle this time on the guest. Uh, we've all seen him and, uh, you know what, uh, we'll, we'll bring him in and, and get into it here. You may have heard him. You may have seen him. If you come to any of our events in Red Deer in the last couple of years, he's, he's performed a couple times in Red Deer now, performed all across the country doing his stand up comedy in Toronto, Vancouver, Halifax, Ottawa. He's also open for some of the biggest names in comedy, including Brian Callen and Doug Stanhope. He's got an album, a Working Comic, on Spotify right now. Highly recommend listening to that. And now he has uh, his own podcast, Nessin Around, which you can download, I think, on any, any podcasting app. It's Todd Ness. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's great to have someone on, on our show that's actually paid to be funny. Dude, thank you. And uh, you did leave out that I've also performed in Innisfail. And I want people to know that. Okay. Uh, that's. Do you want it? Do you want me to... We can start completely... You know what? I'll edit it in. The magic of editing. I'll, I'll start with Innisfail. Yeah. And then and work my way down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this year, obviously 2020, a little different for everyone. I can imagine for a stand-up comic. But you've been on some some pretty big podcasts lately. I've seen too. Um, you know, some pretty popular ones. So I just want to say on behalf of everyone from Oh Dear, welcome to the bottom. Oh, hey, man. You know what? Uh, <laughs> it's fun to do any podcast because I think it's just it's at least we have the technology now to have conversations with each other. And so even though it is a weird time, obviously, this year, I don't know if people heard, but there was a pandemic that happened around the world, apparently. This is what I've been told. It was the sourdough pandemic, yeah. Sourdough pandemic. But at least I think the bright side is, at least it's happening in a time when we have Skype. Dude, imagine if this happened like literally even 10 years ago when we were all using like razors. Remember the razor, like the flip phone? We couldn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, you could play you could play soccer with those things, though. At least like those things are indestructible. But you're right, we'd be we'd be playing Snake or yeah, what was uh you know I'd be using my Texas Instruments graphing calculator right to play Pimp Wars or whatever whatever it was. That'd be our life. You're right. 
Yeah, that's all we would. So at least, you know, we have video now and skip the dish. I mean, not so long ago. And these are the tales we will tell our grandchildren. There was a time where you couldn't even get a Slurpee delivered to your house. Could you imagine not being able to do that? And so at least the pandemic hit, but you can literally sit at home and almost get, you almost miss nothing. Aside from, um, I would say mosh pits, everything else you can recreate virtually or just by ordering it. So yeah, hey, you're speaking to the choir on skip the dishes. Like we, I revealed last episode that I got called out for by an Uber driver because he delivered skip the dishes for to me so much. So 2020 for you, what I kind of want to know is an interesting year for a touring comic. So you, you were able to, you know, in the summer when things lightened up, headline a, a couple shows and, and stuff. But what was 2020 like for you and really the, the industry in general? I imagine uh, just like anyone else, pretty tough for a stand-up comic. Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting to think that if you told you know, any comic heading into the year that almost every show, live show is going to be canceled, there would be so much panic. And what's strange is that's what happened. I mean, everything was canceled. I did a couple shows in January. And then obviously starting mid-Feb, everything got canceled. We had a brief window of time later in the summer until like September, where we were able to do local shows. So here at Yuck Yucks in Calgary, and then things got shut down again. And so I think it's just been a paradigm shift, paradigm, paradigm shift for having to refocus from live performance into where else can I put my energy? What else is even productive to do knowing that live shows are gone? Are there anything other, other things within stand-up comedy that you can still do. Unfortunately, like I said, we have podcasting. That's a great outlet. That's part of the reason I started my own podcast was just somewhere to still put my energy. Uh, but you're right. From a live show standpoint, it's been insane. And I think we saw a lot of innovation happen, though, for stand-up comics. I got to give props to the industry as a whole found ways to perform in live streams, perform outside, perform in backyard shows. And I never really did any of that, but I did. Oh, I was a little bit impressed with how inventive people got to still somehow deliver stand-up comedy in this environment. And so for you, is, was 2020 a lot of working on new material? Obviously, you've got your, your podcast now, which I believe is, is a daily or, or almost daily podcast. So is that basically what 2020 has been for everyone else, just working on yourself? I think so. So I, uh, speaking for myself, yeah, my podcast is daily. I'm putting out daily episode every single day. And part of it is because it's really fun to do. I can do it at home and it keeps me in the rhythm of doing it. And this is a perfect time to really hunker down and put all my energy into that because I can spend time also writing material. But if you're not, if I'm not performing at least a couple times a week, there's nowhere for me. I can write down jokes. There's nowhere for me to take them. So the podcast kind of substitutes where I can express myself and then have an outlet for that. You're right. And then, yeah, for other people, I mean, it's really, it's just like anything else in life. It's like, you know, a situation happens and you decide how you want to handle it. You can sit back and do nothing. You can try to start new stuff. You can try to morph what you're doing in a different way. So I think everyone's handled it a little bit differently. And like I said, some guys are out there and they're killing it with the the live shows. Like some guys probably made just as much this year doing the Skype type shows. So I think everyone's handled it a bit differently, but we've, we've been forced to, right? So... 
Uh, and like I said, uh, lucky for us, I don't know if you'd, you'd be on this uh, Red Deer podcast right now, if not, but uh, we definitely appreciate you being here. And again, uh, you know, I've kind of followed you on Instagram, follow follow a lot of comics on Instagram. Uh, to me, you know, at least someone who thinks he's pretty funny, it's always been a really interesting profession. And I know for you, something you've been working on for a long time, like what goes into that, especially, you know, you be, uh, being here in Alberta coming up, lots of great comedy in Alberta itself. Uh, for you, where, what was that step where you decided like, Hey, I want to, I want to make money, some money making jokes. And then what goes into that and the process of really working on your craft? I know some people think it's as easy as stepping on a stage in front of a microphone and making jokes, but I think it's a cool opportunity to kind of learn that whole process from you. Yeah. I I mean, I think everyone knows that you only get into stand-up comedy to make money. It's one of the most lucrative businesses (laughs) that you could ever do. It's one of those things where I always knew that I wanted to do stand-up comedy. Even as a kid, I knew I wanted to do it. And so as soon as I turned 18, I signed up for open mic nights and I started, and that's how you start is you go to open mics and you start popping in and you can do like five minute sets type thing on the open mics. And it's just like any other career. You move as much as you put, uh, you know, the right, the time and the effort in, you kind of determine your own path. And so I started with doing open mics and slowly and slowly, as you get better, you know, there's comics that will come along like, Hey, do you want to come with me on the road and come open for me in Grand Prairie? And in the beginning, that's, I remember how excited I was. The first show that I ever got paid money was for an out of town gig was Grand Prairie. I remember I got the gig sheet and it said $80 and I could not believe someone was going to pay me $80. And, you know, Grand Prairie is a nine hour drive from here in the way like it's terrible, but I just couldn't believe I was like, I'm going to just I'm going to tell jokes and someone's going to give me that much money for that. It blew my mind. Right. And then, yeah, you just keep going. And I think the key is that I've always wanted to do it. I've never thought about quitting. And stand up is one of those things where especially when you're driving around and you're doing so many road gigs in the early years and they're so far away. If you're not if you don't feel it completely and you're not really, really passionate and interested in doing it, it's so unglamorous in the, in the beginning that it weeds you out right away. And you, t- you talk about all those unglamorous gigs, and obviously you probably uh, start off touring around, you mentioned Grand Prairie, around Alberta. Is there a spot in Alberta or just a gig in general that stands out in your mind as, as the absolute worst? The worst show I ever had in my life was one up in Rocky Mountain House. And it was a corporate show that they hired me for their Christmas party. And I show up and it's at Allegiant. So already that's a good sign. I mean, what could be a better venue for live comedy than Allegiant, right? We already know there's good energy in there. And I went in and dance floor, there was uh, beer pong, there was like everyone was so drunk and there's probably 200 people. And I talked to the contact and I was like, when are we starting the show? And they're like, you just start whenever you want. And I'm like, well, is everyone going to sit down? They're like, if they want to. And she pointed to like 20 chairs that were over in the corner. And she's like, that's where you'll do the show. And I realized that it wasn't like comedy was going to be part of the evening where everyone comes and sits down and watches the show. I was just a station set up at the party that people can come and like on it. Like if it was like a face painting station, they're like, there's that you go over there. You want to do that. You want to go shoot some pool. You go over there. There's a guy telling jokes in the corner over there. <laughs> so it was insane. And so I literally, yeah, I go over and like people would come sit down for a part of it. Then they would leave. Then someone else would come 
And I literally, I remember that was one where I you keep checking the watch. And as soon as I did like 40 minutes or whatever the contracted time was, I'm like, good night and bye. And I just got my jacket and I walked straight out. I didn't look at anyone. I didn't talk to anyone. I just said, I did my time and I got out. That was one of, that was probably the roughest show I've ever done. And that was right here in Alberta. That's just, but just an hour, hour away from Red Deer. And as I mentioned, you've been to Red Deer a lot. Yeah. Uh, we've used you for like, you're wearing the, the wrestler's hat. You've headlined a couple uh, Red Deer Wrestlers comedy nights. Honestly, so funny that one of our friends had to leave the show to go throw up the first time you, you came out for us. So that's, a, that's a true story. And he knows who he is. So maybe I should have put that on in your intro at the beginning. You can start, uh, you can add that to your whoever you hand out to for the shows that you once made a grown man throw up from laughing. I'll take it. You've, you've been been through Red Deer a lot, obviously grown up in, in Calgary, not far away. Previously uh, on our show, all two episodes of our show, we've talked a lot about Red Deer, people who live here. Uh, again, someone from Calgary, though, your thoughts on Red Deer, it's you know kind of part of your show. But uh, you know, every time you come through Red Deer, I think you actually probably haven't been back since it's been no, no longer under construction. But what are what are your thoughts on, on Red Deer every time you get to come here? Well, I got to give props to Red Deer because you guys have great venues. It's one of my favorite spots to do comedy locally because one, I mean, it's just a nice drive from Calgary. It's like an hour and a half and I can come back, whip back at night. And I've done actually, I bet I've done probably 20 to 30 shows over the years in Red Deer. There was an old place called Fratters, I think, Speakeasy, that was an amazing room. And then I also have performed in the bowling alley. (laughs) I think people will know which one I'm talking about. There's one that does the comedy show. And so Red Deer has always been like a core place for me, uh, especially developing as a comic. A lot of my early shows and my early gigs were in Red Deer. Like I said, at Fratters, at the bowling alley, that type of thing. And so... I've found the audiences have always been super fun and it's the right mix of like when I've done the shows with you guys at the uh, bar, it can get rowdy, but in a good way where I feel like people are just excited. I've always found the, uh, the audiences are very energetic and I'll take, and even if it gets a little crazy, I'll always take an energetic audience and excited people over, you know, there's other places you go and it's like, it seems like everyone just came from a funeral. There's no music. You can hear a pin drop. There's no energy, right? So. And what's it like even, I remember being from Calgary, coming to Red Deer. It's a little bit different, right? Coming from Calgary, Calgary, big city and that. And, uh, you know, I can't wait though for you to come back and uh, actually get straight into the city. Cause I know that's, that's one of your, your biggest pet peeves was, uh, you basically had to go around Red Deer to get into Red Deer. So I'm happy to tell you that that's no longer the case. Yeah, I do. I like a lot of the road work that's been done. I appreciate that. I do. I also like that there's a there's a Peter's drive-in. Oh my God, that's a huge addition. Now I think that's been there for a few years, but that's a huge addition. I like that. And I also, I, I always, sometimes I point this out when I do shows in Red Deer, but I find like the outdoor gym equipment is hilarious to me because there's certain, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like there's certain places oh, yeah. where there's like outdoor and I'm like, that's really, you know, for an Alberta town, really good idea when we have, you know, three months of manageable outdoor weather to put like, let's just put a bench press outside. I, that's always one of the funniest things. Yeah. And I can promise you I've, I've never used it. I, and I agree. And there's actually, there's ones in, I've seen them in high river too, and a couple spots, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't get those either. You know, you're talking about uh, just going back a bit, talking about your live shows, the energetic people too. You know, I see you have some clips on YouTube, on your social media of dealing with hecklers, any good heckler stories. I know you, you deal with it every show, 
but are there any ones that just got out of control or just really stand out for you? Uh, Well, the most insane one that I've ever uh, experienced was not not even necessarily a heckler moment, but the audience literally got into a fist fight with each other. And that was in Edmonton. So I don't think we're surprised. (laughs) It was in the, in the yuck yucks in Edmonton. I was in the middle of a joke and I hear a woman scream and I'm like, you know, my comic brain, I'm like, that's how good that joke is. This joke is killing now. Someone's screaming. And then I look over and sure enough, it's like some guys running down these stairs and just sucker punches. And then we've got two tables having a legit brawl fighting each other. And so at that point, as a performer, there's some distractions you can battle through. And then there's some that you just have to sit down and let them fizzle out. And a full-on fight between tables is a sit down, let it fizzle out situation. So that was one of the craziest where I've actually seen like the audience fight itself. And then the other weird one that I had was in Abbotsford, there was a guy who was started on my team. Like he was in the front row and he was on my side. He was really enjoying the show. Then he got a little chatty. I had to tell him to not be so chatty. And I think what happened was his booze started hating him real hard throughout the show. And I know it did because he was doing Jaeger bombs. And anyone who's still doing Jaeger bombs after the year 2007, it's very alarming. And you know, it's going to be a crazy show. And the guy kept being chatty. So eventually I had to kind of tell him to be quiet. And then he actually answered a phone call. Like he, his phone goes off and anyone else, when people's phone go off in a show, right, they're clamoring to try and put it on silent. This guy just like calmly picks it up and just starts like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, where is he? And I'm like, excuse excuse me, this is a live show right now. So I said, you got to get out. And this, as soon as I told him he had to get out, I don't know if someone in his past used to tell him to get out and it struck a nerve, but dude, he flipped so hard. And then he hid behind the stage and was like whispering threats to me. He went like behind the stage. I would do a joke. He's like, make him laugh, funny boy. We'll see who's laughing after the show. Make him laugh, clown. I'm like, oh my God. So that one was crazy. That one was like insane. And I have not been back since that one. And now like after every show, especially if you're in Abbotsford, have you ever, do you ever kind of feel like someone's behind you when you're performing? Like, did, does that stick with you? Do you have some PTSD from that guy now? That would be, that would suck. And he pulled a double agent on you. Probably think, hey, this guy's on my team. This is going to be my guy. I'm going to I'm going to make him laugh all night. And then he just pulled a 180 on you. Yeah. yeah. His friends were funny too, because his friends were like, hey man, we really enjoyed the show. Sorry that our friend was going to stab you. And I'm like, stab, stab me. <laughs> stab me. So I don't know. Maybe that's just the norm out there. I'm not going back. So I don't know. It was, I think it is, at least at some point was the, I'm going to bring a little sunshine to the show here. I think it was the the murder capital of Canada for a long time, at least like per capita. I know yeah. Red Deer's right up there in crime. We're not quite number one, but yeah, between Red Deer and Abbotsford, you, you must feel pretty safe every time you're, you're on the road. Yeah. Congrats, man. Congrats on the ranking for Red Deer as well. I'm really proud. Proud of you guys. <laughs> One last thing I want to talk about, because I actually was at one of your shows in Calgary last year, almost a year ago, right around Christmas time. And I think about this every day because I think if I ever get to this point in in a relationship, I'd rather be alone for life. But right in front of me is a couple wearing the same sweater. And I want to know if you think about that couple. You probably know exactly who I'm talking about. Do you think about those two every day too? Or is it just my weird thing? That's got to be one of the weirder things you've, and you've probably seen a lot of weird things, but I, I hope you haven't seen that more than once. Yeah, you're, I know exactly which one you're talking about. And actually, I think I, I, I actually know I do. I have a YouTube video of it because you're right. There was this couple that had like a joint. What was it? It was like a joint Christmas sweater, right? So they each had their outside arm, but then in the middle, it was just sewn together. 
And they just sat like that. And I mean, yeah, that is one of the weirder things I've seen. Now, when I see something like that, though, I also know that you wore that because you want it to be noticed, right? So a lot of times I won't even give that to them right away because it's too obvious. But then at a certain point, I was like, I cannot not talk about this. You guys got a joint sweater. But yeah, you were at that show. Hey, how funny is that? That was crazy. I can never stop thinking about that. Like I've, I've worn a, a lot of weird stuff in my life. I'd never, I'd never do that. Couldn't pay me enough money. I would never wear any clothes that were like attached to another person. I wouldn't even, I don't even think I would ride a tandem bicycle. Do you know what I mean? Let alone have a sweater that's yeah, sewn to, to my girlfriend. Mm-mm, I don't know, man. And there's a benefit, I guess, of 2020 in Alberta is that, hey, do you want to wear the same sweater as me? It can't. COVID. Yeah, but then she'll she'll just say we're a cohort, right? She'll get oh, you. Yeah. She'll still get you. I guess I'm thinking if you <laughs> if a stranger asks you to wear the same sweater, you got an easy out, I guess, at, at the very least. Yeah, and I would say if a stranger asks you to wear a sweater that's sewn together, I mean, regardless, pandemic, social distancing or not, I would advise probably no, no matter what. Yeah, I guess a pandemic wouldn't be the the only reason why why you wouldn't do that. It would be a reason, but yeah, I mean, there's other reasons like murder, pervert. There's some other stuff that would be deterrence, I think, as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I'm gonna gonna let you go, Todd, before we get to 40 minutes, because I I do not have 80 dollars to give you for this. What the heck? I don't even honestly have $8. Yeah. Oh yeah. This podcast has made probably eight minus $80 so far, but I really appreciate you coming on here. And again, for everyone, again, if, uh, you know, give you a chance here to, to plug your album again, I've listened to it actually twice now. Uh, really enjoy it. Uh, go ahead and plug your album, plug your, uh, your podcast and, uh, your social media, all that, uh, you could probably uh, speak to it better than I can. Uh, well, first of all, thank you. Thanks a lot for having me on, man. I really appreciate this. Shout out to Red Deer. I cannot wait to come back and perform. And yeah, in the meantime, I have a brand new podcast. It's called Nessin' Around, which is a play on my last name. Get it? Ness, N-E-S-S-N, around. And I'm doing episodes every single day. It's growing pretty quick right now. So yeah, hop in. I think I'm at, I'll be at 19 episodes tomorrow. And my album is still up there too, Working Comic. And uh, yeah, I hope, like I said, I think it benefits all of us to put as much content as possible because everyone is sitting around looking for things to do. And I'm a fan of podcasts too. And I think the more that I have to listen to, the more fun and the more that I can avoid by just having to confront actual life. the better so <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty much it yeah and again uh, nesting around i've really enjoyed it so far it's nice nice to have those daily ones again uh what about about a half hour usually or so so it's like the the uh, pretty much the perfect amount and i say that knowing ours is usually like an hour and a half but give it a listen uh make sure you check out working comic follow todd on social media too uh todd m ness on instagram a great content there and really it's just a chance for you to to support a, a great uh great local comic uh, an alberta guy and again someone who's uh really in the ranks uh, of comedy in Canada. So I can't wait till things open up again. We can see you here. Um, and you know, when you, every time we see you on the national stage, we can say, Hey, we got that guy in on our podcast when there was literally nothing else to do. So, so thanks a lot for that. Thank you very much, man. And I will say this too. I have a lot of Alberta pride and I might be a bit biased, but I think especially during this lockdown, we've shown that we often get overlooked for stand-up comedy and for that type of stuff. And I think that uh, one of the things, and you're helping with this, is we got to show 
show. We've got to showcase Alberta, show that we've got the talent, we've got the entertainment. And uh, thank you very much for helping out with that because I think we'll we'll get our due soon, I think. No, absolutely. And that's that's why we wanted to have you again. We've seen you a lot. A very funny comic and always, always happy to showcase uh, some of Alberta's best. So again, uh, thanks a lot and, and take care. Thank you very much, man. Bye. So big thanks again to comedian Todd Ness. Uh, all four of us have seen him a, a couple of times. Great comedian. Again, it's great to talk to a uh, stand-up comedian from Alberta, a Calgary product, you know, working his way up the, the ranks in, in comedy pretty well. One of the, the top actually in Canada. So I know uh, you guys have, have all enjoyed him. So thanks again, Todd, for being on the show. Man, that guy's funny. I've seen him twice and he got funnier and funnier each time. I, I don't know where he comes up with the stuff he does, but it's it's all gold. He even said a couple uh, of the same jokes the second time I saw him, and I died crying just as much the second time I heard it. I think Lund was the heckler that he talked about that was whispering him death threats from behind the stage. <laughs> yeah, were you... Were you uh... Were no. you in Ab- were you in Abbotsford at no. any point at no. a comedy show? I think that was at Bose one night. I saw you sneak back there. I can honestly say I've never actually been to Abbotsford in my life, so I can guarantee you that wasn't. All me. right, you got an alibi. Yeah, I think he just said Abbotsford. He didn't say Red Deer because he was being nice to us. Why? Well, I, I it was to, you. I went to two of his shows in Red Deer, but no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't heckle. I, that's too tough of a job to deal with hecklers. You, you'd be with the guy sitting uh, with your girlfriend in the sweater. <laughs> yeah, the, man, that sweater haunts my dreams that I was, I, and I actually, I didn't make that, I was at that show in Calgary a, a year ago and I thought, I see them sitting there and I'm like, okay, he's got to say something about this goddamn sweater, like these two people. Yeah. Anyways, I, I don't need to go over it again, um, but really, really looking forward to, you know, when, when we can start going to comedy shows, supporting those local comedians. I think Dustin, you said the first time Todd came through a couple of years ago was the first time you've actually been to like a live comedy show, which is crazy to me. It's, I just love it. So I go to a lot, but it's, it's a, a great way to spend a night. And again, it's, it's always great to support those, those people like Todd that are out there uh, working hard, making a living. And like I said, we, we think we're funny uh, and then you talk to Todd who, who does it for a living and it, it kind of humbles you a bit. I laughed quite hard at his uh, Legion comment. The first live comedy show I ever saw was a, probably six or seven years ago with my wife. It was uh, she's a teacher, an el- elementary teacher and they had a Christmas party for all their staff. You know, it was like December 22nd and it was a comedian at the Red Deer Legion. Great atmosphere when you walk in. Uh, sit down and it's an elementary school and so most of the staff are middle-aged women and the comic was x-rated like not r-rated he was (laughs) x-rated and the first joke i kind of looked around like oh shit like this isn't gonna be good and i was sitting right beside kim's principal and he was laughing so hard and i thought (laughs) all right and so one teacher ended up getting up in the middle of it and leaving because she was disgusted. Uh, but the rest killed themselves laughing. Uh, it, it started out as one of the most awkward nights and ended up really awesome. So uh, two thumbs up for comedy shows at Legions. <laughs> well, that is it. It's pretty hit or miss with those comedians sometimes. And yeah, I can. I think we all feel pretty safe endorsing Todd, though. So when, when Todd can get back out on the road, whether he comes through Red Deer, or you see him somewhere else, uh, absolutely catch that show. And and again, I'll plug him one more time that Working Comic on Spotify uh, is a, a great listen. Probably the second best listen you'll have in the next couple of days. We're, we're the first. Uh, one. I was wondering where you're going with that. I got it now. Yeah, we're number one. So uh, before we move any further again, 
you know what? Uh, we're, we're recording, which means door tender is delivered once again. We all got beer. We're all drinking Sawback tonight, a, a brewery uh, we all really enjoy. And just uh, really quick, you know, go around, uh, let us know, let us know what you're drinking. And in a sentence, let us know what you think. I got the East Coast Pale Ale from Sawback. Never had it before. Uh, I think Ryan's drinking the same as me because we lack communication. But uh, really easy drinking craft beer. Uh, I'm not a big craft beer guy at all. So I really appreciate the crisp and, and cleanness to this beer. I uh, Yeah, like Dustin said, I also had the East Coast Pale Ale. It's the first time I've tried it. I think it's really good. With craft beer, yeah, I usually get full after drinking maybe three or four of them. Uh, with this one, it seems a little bit lighter to me. So I think, like Dustin said, easy drinking. And I know I know that's what a lot of us are looking for nowadays. It was a long, long one sentence or less. I think it was one sentence. It may it have been a run-on. Run it was run-on, but nightmare, you didn't yeah. give me any other rules. So yeah. run-ons, run-on sentences are okay. He took English 30-1. <laughs> Two. English 30-2. Are you giving me an insult or a compliment? I don't know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm drinking the Hazy Blonde Ale, uh, as mentioned on the last podcast. Uh, currently, my favorite craft beer right now. Just easy drinking. Uh, find I can crush a few, no problem. I like the citrus notes that it has. I'm a big kind of fruity beer guy. That's I, I love uh, New England IPAs. This one technically isn't, but it's similar, and that's why I like it so much. And I've got actually the first time I've ever had it is there. It's a limited release, as I'm reading off the can. So good thing I, I got in on the ground floor here. The Irish Red Ale, really good. I, I'm a pretty big uh, red ale fan uh, in darker beers. Uh, this one's really good. It's it's definitely up there and one of the the better ones I've had in a while. So again, uh, big thanks to Doortender for delivering once again. Make sure if you haven't yet, download their app, use the code ODEER, all one word, D-E-E-R. You'll get $5 off your next order if you haven't yet. And again, you can go, we actually do a full review or uh, I guess we'll call it a working man's review because we're not uh, not craft beer experts. But if you go check out our social media and YouTube page, I think we got two more subscribers. So we're, we're really inching towards that 1,000, but do a little more full review there. And yeah, I just wanted to start with Sawback. You know, they do a lot for us and all our endeavors and the, the things we do around the community. So great place to start and yeah, make sure you try any of these three or, or more. They're on the on the Doortender app. I just want to give it a shout out to Doortender. I use them on uh, New Year's Eve. Got some Crown Royal and uh, some champagne and yeah, helped me have a fun night that night. Yeah, shout out to Doortender for delivering that to you as well because I think we all had a fun time on Zoom with you. Uh, watching you yeah, get through watching the night. Watching me ring in the new year. Yeah, Let me finish your sentence for you. Hey, by the end of the night, Ryan, how many buttons were left on your shirt? <laughs> Too many. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I honestly don't know what you're talking about, Kev. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say all of them because I was respectful of myself and everyone I was with. And I got to say too, first of all, again, great job, Dustin, for organizing the, the Zoom years, we'll call it. I know a lot of people, they miss the human contact. They miss partying. I really didn't mind just being at home, comfortable. We're still hanging out virtually. I thought I was going to go to bed at a decent hour. Turns out that was like 3 a.m. instead, but time flies when you're having fun. But, uh, you know, hopefully, I think I know a lot of people did the Zoom years and it's it's not what we're used to. But man, I think most most years, I don't want to go out on New Year's anyway. So I actually had one of the better New Year's I've had in, in quite a while. I think we'll look back at 2020 and it doesn't feel like it when you're living it, but it's it's honestly just a blip in time and, and one day of the year. And at the time, it feels like everything's been taken away from you, that you can't celebrate New Year's with your friends or Christmas with your family. 
But five years from now, we're going to look back when this pandemic's over and think, Jesus, what the hell were we thinking? Like, why didn't we just suck it up for, for that amount of time and, and move on and, and get through this with as, as least deaths and, and sickness as we can? Do you guys remember previous New Year's parties where you would go out or go to a friend's house or go to go to a pub or bar or whatever, and then you'd say Happy New Year, and then it'd be like, okay, okay, I'm getting tired, time to go home, and then you could never get a cab or an Uber, and it would take you two hours, or if you did get an Uber, you'd have to pay like a hundred bucks to go three kilometers because of their surge pricing. So by doing it at home this year, I think I I saved myself an hour out in the cold and probably fifty to a hundred bucks in in taxi or Uber costs. So. I was I was all for it this year, just doing a Zoom call. I think you use that hour. They'll get in from the the kitchen to the bedroom <laughs> by the end of the night. <laughs> thanks, door tender. Yeah, thanks, door tender. That's a shout out for you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I agree with Dustin too. I think we, we've talked about it a couple times already too. And yeah, like 2020 sucked. You know, it's it's basically the easy thing to do every time something happens. Oh, 2020. But like parts of every year sucked. I think for me personally, like it sucked, but I know I have a hard time complaining about 2020 because the worst thing that happened to me was was I was inconvenienced, right? I couldn't go out as much. You know what? 2020 was what it was, what it was. And we, we've already talked about it before. Lots of positive things to come out of it. And I, I don't think the four of us would be sitting here otherwise right now. I don't think we'd uh, have the time or even the thought to to start this podcast. And at least four people enjoy it, or maybe three. I learned, I don't think you've listened to it yet. So I don't know if you're... I've, I've heard good things, man. So keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we got these two cool microphones now. Yeah, we're legit. Yeah, I didn't want you to sound like you're in a tin can anymore. So so I stepped up and bought the $30 mics I could get for you guys. So... No, no expenses. Well, actually, most expenses were too high, but those ones were just right. So, again, looking back on 2020, though, you know, if you guys have something memorable about 2020, something, something to bring from it, maybe for me, it was like technology, social media, everything changed in 2020. Being a social media guy, seeing how much businesses, everyone's pivoted to to use technology differently, and the the whole Zoom thing. I mean, obviously, when we're allowed to be in person more, we're going to use this technology less. But I think meetings, stuff like that. There's nothing saying on a cold winter night that we don't just have a Zoom poker game, right? So for me, that was kind of one thing that's, I think, coming out of 2020 that's never really going to go away. Do you guys do you guys remember the end of 2019 when everyone was like, oh, I'm so done with 2019. Like, th- thank God it's over. And then like, there's no way 2020 can be worse than 2019. There's a whole bunch of like tweets I was reading about, like that like show, like not for me, because I, I, I don't really tweet, but uh, a whole bunch of tweets from the end of last year that were saying stuff like that. And now this year, I'm just worried because everyone's like, oh, 2020 was the worst. I, thank, thank goodness it's over. We're never going to have a bad year like that again. And I'm almost a little, little bit worried that we're going to jinx it. And then 2021, something else nuts is going to happen. Maybe not related to, the, to a pandemic, but just something that no one sees coming. And that's just going to make 2020 look like a, a fantastic year. That's why I haven't said a thing. <laughs> about like goodbye 2020 good riddance i'm just i'm just riding yeah. the wave into 2021 yeah you don't want the, those tweets to age poorly well i think number one it's got to be science like hashtag science who would have thought that scientists from around the world could develop test and now start to administer a vaccine in less than a year that's just absolutely insane and and hopefully gets us out of this pandemic so that's number one for me and number two 
you guys know this, but the listeners may not. Uh, my family owned a, a business for, I think it was like 75 years and, and Northwest Motors was on the corner gates for 58, kind of unique. And that building was demolished in 2020. So uh, it was Go Auto's building after Northwest Motors, but now it sits empty and waiting for, uh, I believe, a co-op to be built on it. So kind of unique for, for my family in 2020 to watch that building go down. Man, every every time I drive by that place and it's just a, an empty lot now, it just looks so weird not seeing that Northwest Motors building there because we all grew up with it being on that corner. And well, I guess me, me, Dustin, and to a lesser extent, Kevin, when he when he got here in junior high, I grew up with it on that on that corner. And now it's just an empty, wide open space. I know. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right, Dustin. I think a co-op's going in there, but it's going to look so weird when that new co-op goes in. And I'm assuming they're going to have a strip mall or something else in there too. But it's it's just a wide open space now, and like it's a great location because it's one of the busiest roads in Red Deer. I drove past there the other day and I, I said to my wife, I said, why don't they, because it's an empty lot right now, obviously, I said, why don't they make that into a cool outdoor rink like a city, like a central park in New York, Rockefeller Center, put a big, put a big <laughs> yeah. Christmas tree in them. That would be, that would be the exact same thing. <laughs> that couldn't have been a better comparison. Yeah. Now you talk about, and I'll, I'll tell you. I hate New Year's resolutions. Personally, I know lots of people make them. Lots of people keep them too. It just seems like, like, what's the difference between you on December 31st and on January 1st? But that leads us into, and, and get your uh, get your sound effect machine ready, Lund, because that leads us into another edition of Deer Call. <laughs> I can't remember what, what the Deer Call sounded uh... like. Oh, that was a foghorn. <laughs> I haven't listened. Say, Dustin, you're about to run into a lighthouse. I haven't listened to episode two yet, so I can't remember what the deer call sound. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad I threw to you. It was pr- like you were pronouncing a king. Yeah. Just, you know what? Just do it how you feel. Doesn't have to be the same every time. All right, I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> this is, uh, and I'm I'm sure Andrew Russell's going to be happy about being associated with that. Deer Call is brought to you by Andrew Russell and Associates, Central Alberta's number one real estate team. Visit them at andrewrussell.ca. And I'm a little mad at him actually right now for being such a good realtor because, uh, you know, our, our surprise guests in episode one, uh, Blake and Jen from Stride Physio, they moved out. You found them, found them a house. It's so like, like I get it, you know, you got a job to do, Andrew, and you're very good at it. But that one, I, I'm going to be selfish there. They're they're great neighbors, and it that sucks that they're gone. But congratulations to them on a new house, you know, a new family, all that crap. Yeah, I heard they couldn't stand all the paparazzi outside of our house, so they had to move. <laughs> <laughs> I heard they were tired of you guys not shoveling your walks. Yeah, oh. that's probably I. That tracks. Speaking yeah. of walks, Teddy, have you gone over and shoveled Mark Horsley's driveway? I have not yet. yet. No, it's uh, wait, waiting for another uh, good snowfall, and I should, probably should have done today. Yeah, it was, it was just a, a little, little bit. But no, honestly, like I said, Andrew, I'm throwing shade at you for being a, a good realtor. But actually, actually, Andrew, I, I got some questions for you too about about a new place for me or somebody I know. <laughs> if you're buying, <laughs> I'm in. So. <laughs> So back to the deer call. We asked some people what their New Year's resolutions were. Got a got a couple answers, and people either don't make them, don't want to share them. Uh, Phil, or actually, I'm gonna say Chef Phil. Uh, he wants to focus on his business plan and get the wheels turning to open it. So good New Year's resolution. If uh, that's your goal for 2021, I think it's a, a pretty good one. And Kathleen just said drink more water. 
which is, I think, important. Uh, you know, if, if London had London had more water on New Year's, it, it might have turned out a little different for them. Um, no, I think as long as you're getting 500 mils a week, I think is the weekly recommendation. So, yeah, make sure you're getting that. But the Ted, Ted, that's not very much water. I I don't know. I rounded down. So anonymous. I'm going to keep this person anonymous. Uh, said I am going to lose the COVID 30, or my name is not Dustin Moore. Is what an anonymous said. Whoa. So, Another guy has the same name as you, Dustin. I don't set goals because I know I'm not going to achieve them. <laughs> that's And that's your New Year's resolution is not to make unrealistic goals for yourself. Uh, and the last one, Paula said, to help more people feel loved and happy and just simply live happily. Oh, how She's do you not love you. that? Yeah, that's, yeah. So I thought, it was, thought we'd end on that note. But New Year's resolutions, I don't really have any. Uh, I think 2021, I just basically want to keep going. I picked up a lot of different good habits actually in 2020. You know, I was sleeping better, was working out more. Basically want to keep that going into 2021. Like, do any of you have an actual resolution or are you the same same boat? It's just try to be a little bit better every day. Honestly, my New Year's resolution is just to to do the best I can to help everyone get out of this damn pandemic. So if that's wearing a mask every day, so be it. I just want to beat this thing and get the hell out of it. Oh, that was... uh. That was a, a lot more profound than I was expecting. But yeah, I, I agree. And unfortunately, some uh, the people aren't doing that. Not everyone. But I, apparently, if you make the rules for the province, you don't have to follow them. But no, that's a... That's a yeah, oh, boy. I think we're all a little sour on that one, eh? But that, anyone else got one? Or you just want to piggyback on Dustin's? Because that was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I got a few, I guess. Uh, it was early January last year. Uh, that both me and my wife uh, decided to start going to the gym regularly uh, on and off for years and at home and all that. And so we signed up with uh, F45 gym in South Red Deer and it was going great until COVID hit. And thankfully they had some programs where you could keep doing it online. So back at it in the summer and now off again, of course, but still trying to do it at home and, and just really looking forward to carrying that into another year and uh, hopefully for the rest of my life, to be honest, because uh, it's just, it's good for me. It makes me feel good and, and notice a lot of big benefits along the way. And then second would be, I just trying to stay off my phone more, uh, with my work, I'm on it quite a bit. And I find that, you know, at nighttime and stuff, you're still on it when you're with the kids and, uh, really just trying to put it off to the side and, and focus more on uh, real world and what's around me. Cause if anything, this year has taught us that life can be short and, uh, let's really treasure it and have a lot of fun in the real world. The phone one was one for me too, especially with my job and now, you know, trying to get this podcast going and that. I think my, my weekly report was like up to 10 hours a day on my phone. And that is Ooh. absolutely ridiculous. And I give you props. But yeah, it's a lot. And because I've never like to think of doing like to work out more as a New Year's resolution. That's pretty cool. Like, I wish someone had told me about that before. That's a, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Oh, that's that's also mean to say, but no, it is a good one, and I I don't know, Lon, you got any, or are you just gonna keep being you? Because I think that's a pretty good resolution too. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't improve too much on this, but uh, I think I think I just thought of one actually when you're talking about Blake and Jen moving out next door. I think so. My resolution is just to be the best damn neighbor to the new people that move in that I can possibly be. So if you're maybe our new neighbors are listening to this podcast right now, so. Just know that that's my resolution to welcome you guys or girls with open arms and to be very, very neighborly. Again, actually pretty surprisingly good resolutions there. And thanks to, to everyone who, who contributed theirs as well. And I think I'm going to change my New Year's resolution. I'm going to come up with a TikTok dance. 
for 2021? I think you should take it a step further and vow to be a TikTok star in 2021. And we will help you with that. Uh, I'm going to go with my original one and just come up with one dance because that seems pretty easy. That seems really easy. So yeah, that's going to be way easier than being nice to my neighbors. So Lund, now you want to be a TikTok star. You wanted to be a a Hallmark card writer. Do you know what? Actually thinking of this, my dream job right now would probably be to be an MLA. Because you can do whatever the fuck you want, apparently, if if you're the ones making the rules. We've skirted around it a bit. Let's talk about that. We're breaking our rule not to talk about politics, but I don't think this is really politics as much as just it's low-hanging fruit right now. It is like everyone's talking about it, and it's just when you thought you could trust a politician. I mean, luckily, this is the first time a politician has ever done anything crooked, or else like this would be even more of an outrage. But I don't, I don't know. Like it's they didn't technically break any rules because lots of people traveled, right? But for me, it's like, you're the ones making the rules. That's your position. Like you got to set an example. And it's, it's wild to me that eight of them went on vacation. I think we're up to 14 now, Ted, that have been confirmed. And like, it's kind of crazy that it's gone so nuts on social media, but out of the 14, I think seven were out of country. That's, it's nuts to me, the, the hashtags, fire Kenny, resign Kenny. And what, what's the saying that they're saying right now? The do as you, whatever that saying is. The do as, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, that, that <laughs> one. Um, it, it, it's just nuts that Nailed people it. are, are not, not being able to go to funerals and, and their childbirths and, and weddings. And, and these people are going on family vacations down south. That's just flabbergasting to me. I, I, I can't understand it. First of all, good job on flabbergasted. That's a big word. Yeah. <laughs> I think, like I said, it's, I saw lots of people going on vacation, going to Mexico and stuff, which, so it's obviously something that can happen. And, you know, and the logic of it is, well, none of these politicians have big family gatherings, which is fair enough. But again, like you got to know the position you're in and know that that comes with a territory and you, you got to sacrifice a, a little bit to set an example is how many, I think how many people sat home alone at Christmas, didn't get to see any of their family. Again, you mentioned too, people can't go to funerals. People can't do any of that. And these politicians are, are in Hawaii posting allegedly fake or staged videos and photos too, saying Merry Christmas from their living room, which yeah, that's pretty hey, A for effort at least. It, like, apparently a lot of them do that. They have pre-recorded messages, which is fair, but they're obviously trying to imply that I was home during these dates, which is bull. Now, my personal opinion on this is I don't I don't think anyone should be fired because of this, but I think when it's time to vote again, this is going to be a huge issue. And do you really want to vote somebody in that is not willing to follow their own rules? Um, who thinks they're better than than the rules that they had input on coming up with. That's where I think things should be decided would be at the polls whenever the next election is. So Lundy, I'm not I'm not calling for anyone's head and anyone asked or asking anyone to be fired per se, but and maybe this is a bad comparison, but what are your thoughts on the comparison to athletes right now and, and their jobs? You know, there's athletes being cut and being cut is essentially fired from your from your contract for going to local clubs breaking their team rules and it just happened to a, a Washington football team player and it's happened in the MLB a couple times so where's the line so for me Dustin I think I think with those teams or those leagues there were clear-cut rules in place with the government the rules there was no formal rule saying that they couldn't travel it was just like use common sense 
they didn't break any rules by traveling, but it just looks really, really bad. And now in Alberta, Kenny has said now there now there's a formal rule where no one, none of his cabinet members can can travel. So for me, that's what the difference is. I think I think people are going to remember this when it's time to vote again. I really do. Yeah, during this year, it's it's obviously an unprecedented time. I've been trying to give everyone the the benefit of the doubt, whether it's you know, us private citizens trying to adhere to the rules to uh, politicians. I mean, you know, this hasn't been seen in a hundred years and we all know that the world is a completely different place than it was then. And so, uh, like I say, it's been trying to give everyone a benefit of the doubt and they, we don't know what we're doing and we're just trying to struggle through it. But it just seems that here in Alberta, our government just keeps shooting themselves in the foot. And uh, like you say, it, it's not that they broke any rules, but it definitely not, they're, they're not showing proper leadership. And that's truly what we need. You know, you look at the states and there's just no leadership there. And, and it's, it's kind of a gong show right now at the moment. So uh, unfortunately, it seems that Alberta's trending in that direction. And uh, all we can really do is is hope that they pull their heads out of their asses and <laughs> start like truly and and start being leaders and and try and right the ship you know we know that the lights at the end of the tunnel here with the vaccinations and uh hopefully by fall we're kind of all back to somewhat normal life but we still got to get there that's eight nine months away so hopefully they can pull up their socks and and smarten up because uh, i i don't know what we can do so yeah no i like that that's good advice for anyone like if your head's up your ass get it get it out of there get it out of there it shouldn't be there yeah I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive, number one, but yeah. <laughs> yeah okay, yeah. if your head's up your ass, number one, good for you. Number yeah. two, like get it, get it out of there. But yeah. man, I think people right now are probably looking to see if they downloaded the wrong podcast because it had promised we won't get too politicky too often, but that's something going on right now. I know for me, it's something to get get off your chest and talk about. And I, I'm with Kevin too. Tried to reserve my judgment as much as possible, even though, you know, every time new restrictions and stuff comes out, it's, it's easy to judge. I can't imagine being in that position, but I can say with a hundred percent confidence, if I was in that position, I I would not be going on vacation. It, it's crazy to me that that's even a thought. I don't think they should be penalized other than in, through public perception, but I just think it's going to be hard for them to look their constituents in the eye and 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 gain their trust back now. You want to hear my my very nerdy grammar loser, whatever you want to call me thing is, uh, you know, all the hashtags on Twitter, you know, resign Kenny is like the word resign with the first thing I see is resign Kenny, like hashtag resign Kenny. <laughs> so it's, it's very nitpicky, but everyone, when you go on Twitter, pick something other than I know it's, you know, R-E hyphen sign if you want to get technical, but the first thing I see is resign Kenny and maybe there's some people out there. So people might be uh, fighting, fighting for different causes with the same hashtags. <laughs> Dustin only only uses the internet to follow sports so he he was instantly on hockey db googling kenny and trying to figure out who's re-signing yeah. that guy no, yeah, I, I legit i legit thought he got an offer sheet <laughs> from ontario yeah, yeah. yeah, he, yeah. So now that we've all flexed our political muscles and probably they're probably just as not impressive as my real muscles, but we're going to go back into now, uh, you know, a game we came, well, we didn't come up with it. Mark Horsley came up with it and I haven't paid any of my debts for reshoveling yet. And hopefully it's a, a short winter, but. I hope that it snows as much as it did a couple days before Christmas. 
Yeah, I apologize to the Horsleys for being unavailable that day, but they're very understanding. And I hope the Horsleys' neighbors, next time it snows, just own some snowblowers and then just blow a shitload of snow onto the Horsleys' driveway just to double or triple it up, just to make it so much harder for you. It's all it's all exercise, man. It's it's all all for the greater good. But yeah, now so we're we're gonna go into Mark Horsley's segment. I well, I don't know. We'll call it Horsley's history for now until we get bored of it or, or make it better. So again, you know. Lund, you mentioned how reliable Kevin is. He always does what he said to do. And since you got the answer right last time, yeah. you were tasked to come up with a question this time. Yeah. And you said you would. Yeah. And so I came up with one and have it. And I'm guessing I was right to do so. Yeah, we'll go with yours this week and I'll do we'll do mine <laughs> next week, I guess. <laughs> this Red Deer landmark was built in 1957 and was the tallest of its kind in North America at the time. I think it's the Green Onion Water Tower. Well, that's, that was going to be my guess. That's why I went first. That was also going to be my guess, but I'm going to say the Capri Hotel. Do you think the, that Red Deer had the tallest hotel? <laughs> <laughs> is that is that your actual answer? I, I almost was going to stop you after you said the water tower, and I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> it, it is the, the Green Onion Water Tower. Yeah. Now, bo- bonus points, Kev? though. What was its proper name? And this, I had to check this a couple times. I didn't even think this was true. The Red Deer Water Tower. I'm going to say the South Red Deer Water Reservoir. I'll say the big ball of green water. Yeah. Well, it's it'd be a big <laughs> green ball of water. I don't think the water in it was green. Goodness gracious. Look at that big ball of green. <laughs> it was called the Horton Water Spheroid. Like spheroid. That, I that, was that, was my, that, was that sounds my like guess. that sounds like something you gotta need a doctor to remove. Like it's some sort of cyst, a water spheroid. How is that a thing? But you know, we talked about it. That's a, a big, big landmark in, in Red Deer, and tying way back to when Dustin talked about Northwest Motors and that no longer being in Red Deer. For you three guys, this doesn't really apply to me, but I've heard a lot about some of these landmarks in Red Deer. What other big things in Red Deer like you really enjoy? Whatever, looking at, visiting, driving by, or is there any that you really miss that are are no longer part of Red Deer. I actually visited one I really like tonight, Teddy. Took my kid and my wife to Parkland Nurseries. They put together a nice sculpture walkabout. It's pretty cool, like the the work they do out there and, and they do a little Christmas thing and they got a bunch of lights and and uh, yeah, it was, it was after Christmas, but uh, cool to see nonetheless. Oh, but you give Lund a hard time that all his Christmas decorations are, are still up yesterday. And then you go, you got to pick a side, man. Parkland Nurseries, it's not Christmas. It's just winter stuff. So is no, it's our, 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 our stuff. Our stuff. It's, it's Christmas stuff. Okay. I tried. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. The tree that you have ornaments on in your living room is still Christmas. Yeah. I would, I would agree with Kevin that <laughs> that one would fall under the Christmas category, but you, I think it's fine. The, the first, the first week of January, that's when you need to take it down. So I have until Friday to take it down. And uh, sorry, since we don't know when this is going to air, I have until the 8th, January 8th, I think would be an acceptable time to take down Christmas decorations. That's fair. Uh, so my landmark isn't so much a landmark, but from playing so much hockey as a kid, uh, the, the Kin City Arenas, uh, those twin arenas, we, we had so many tournaments there growing up and there was the outdoor rink right beside Kin City too. So when we were, when we were super young, I know all the parents liked hanging out at those tournaments too. 
And I know all the out of town kids that would come in, all they all knew where the Kin City arenas were. So for me, it's not really, I don't know if I would call it a landmark, but that's, I think it's a big part of Red Deer's history. For me, uh, it's a landmark that no longer exists, but it would be the Kin Canyon rocket ship. So for for those that don't know, if you go to the Kin Canyon now and there's the big kind of open area with all the fire pits, there's the hill kind of right up behind the restrooms. And there used to be an old metal framed rocket ship on top of the hill. And it was a play structure that there was a ladder running up the middle of it. And I think it had two or three different kind of levels or platforms that you climb a ladder, get out and be on that level. And, and you're on the hill, so you could actually see quite a ways. And I mean, as a kid, it was it seemed like you're on top of the world. So it was a lot of fun. I remember uh, early on, it was open, it was it was used. And of course, it, they deemed it to be dangerous, whether that's true or not. Uh, and then I remember it was still up for, for quite a number of years, but they had blocked it off completely where you couldn't get inside of it. Uh, and I'm sure that there were some people trying to climb on the outside of it. And so they eventually took it down. But uh, that was a really unique Red Deer thing. I remember that's one of the first memories I have of Red Deer when I moved here because uh, I was pretty young and I thought that was really cool. So it was kind of sad to see that go. What what uh, what year did they tear that thing down? Do you know? Yeah, that sounds like a trivia question, Ryan. Save it for another episode when you actually come up with. <laughs> now you have your question that you can oh you can God, figure it out like and, a lot of and research. use it next time. Yeah, and I think with that, so you guys had talked about that before, and I finally Googled it. I can't believe kids were ever allowed on that thing. I think back to like growing up, some of the playground equipment versus now everything's like, you know, it's recycled rubber where if we could fall three stories into a pile of gravel, right? But that must have been good times for the tetanus shot industry in Red Deer with kids climbing on that thing. Because I I cannot believe that 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 was up for. And again, if I was that age, man, I'd be all over it too. But that looks like an absolute death trap, as were most probably 80s and 90s playground equipment. You know, with, with kids, I've toured a lot of the playgrounds in the city and there's, I think maybe three parks that I've been to that have a merry-go-round. And I mean, that used to be the most common piece of playground equipment on every single playground when we were growing up and it's basically non-existent now. And I get why, but it's also like, man, kids need to be dangerous sometimes and hurt themselves to figure out what they should and shouldn't do and learn self-control. And it's, it's kind of sad to see. Bad times for the dental industry since the merry-go-rounds have, have started to go the way of the dodo. I was a swing jump champion grade seven through nine. Yeah, uh, monkey bars were my game. I just dominated those monkey bars. And then you would start by by seeing how many bars you could skip off the beginning. So you would try and instead of grab the first or second one, you would try and jump to the furthest bar you could. And yeah, there was plenty of injuries because you'd be going for like the seventh, the sixth or seventh bar when you're only like three feet, three and a half feet tall. And a lot of times you wouldn't, you wouldn't make it. So, so uh, you were doing this, you were doing the salmon ladder from American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> it's the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, I should. Uh, may, yeah, maybe that should be my resolution to go on that show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. You got a better chance of being a TikTok star, but man, do you do you have like the calluses on your hand from the yeah. monkey bars? Yeah, yeah. I, we had them in our backyard, so I was on them every day. And people see my hands and like, oh, are you like a, a weightlifter or you know an athlete? You know, there's a lot of cool ways to get calluses on your hands. I just said yes. Oh, I'm sorry. You mean today you have these calluses? 
Yeah, I still do. Oh, yeah, no. They're, they're like, they're permanent on mine. And like when I do, you know, once I go go to the gym and crush those five pounders, my hands, they just, they get all, I don't know, what's the word, inflamed. But that's not not a cool reason really to have calluses, but I, I have them. And well, until now, no one needed to know why. My hands are good. No, I thought you meant just back then I would have blisters and play small calluses built up. I thought he meant like people are asking him if he was a weightlifter when he was eight years old. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean like now, like even now people say, oh, the bad, but calluses are kind of cool. I said, yeah, most people's are. I would agree. I know, that's a pretty good ones. story to, how to get how to get them though. Oh yeah, I was just doing the monkey bars. <laughs> Sorry, you're 32. <laughs> Time to give it up. <laughs> what was your favorite playground game to play? Oh, Pogs, Pogs, Pogs. How do you play that one? Oh, I like with the 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 slammer. How many slammers did you have? Oh man, I remember getting in fights over my losing my slammers. How many slammers do you have? <laughs> I don't have any slammers anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The way you jumped, that you were really eager to say pogs. I think you're trying to make it like a thing again, and somehow convince us to play pogs with you. And I got to tell you, I'm in. Oh no, yeah, we're we're gonna play pogs one day. Yeah, I, I'll play in the future. I, I looked it up on on Amazon where to buy them. So <laughs> yeah, but I I play for keeps. Just FYI. Yeah, it's keepsies. It's not givesy backsies. Yeah. Okay, like, was good. there many uh, like actual playground games? Like, I remember playing like grounders. Grounders is my favorite. Was there, by was far. there another one? So is is Marco Polo and Grounders pretty much the same? Marco Polo is a water game, isn't it's it? A pool, same concept. But you can play no, it. On the, you can you play, can play it wherever it on the playground. But that one is dangerous because yeah. the, the person who's it is blindfolded or has their eyes closed, and then they're they're walking all over this playground. Well, see, I always played Grounders where like you did have to have your eyes closed. So that's what I, I think. Marco Polo and Grounders are pretty much the same thing. I think it depends where you live. Except with Grounders, they would say grounders or whatever the rules whenever somebody whenever they thought somebody was on the ground marco polo you just say marco and they say polo and then you just have to like i don't think you were able to touch the ground in marco polo in grounders you were able to go on the ground but if they said grounders while you're on there then you were screwed yeah well it's the same same thing i think we're talking about the same thing you know like i don't know like these i obviously don't go to playgrounds much anymore because or within a couple hundred feet of them but for you guys with kids like it's gotta be it's way different the playgrounds these days versus the ones we grew up on like ours were more dangerous and they in a lot of ways were a lot more fun now like a lot of these playgrounds almost promote fitness too while you're at it like not outdoor gyms but man there's a lot of things like i don't have the core upper body strength to you know go on these playgrounds i think playgrounds are are somewhat similar to what they used to be it's just i think maybe kids imaginations aren't what what they used to be. And uh, I think that's a direct result of maybe the technological world that we're living in. But I know when I was younger and and I still lived in Grand Prairie from grade four to six, uh, I have vivid memories. One game we played was kick the can, which I think everyone's familiar with. But I just had this core group. There was like 15 of us, boys and girls. And it was every night after supper. And this was before cell phones. So we would just, you know, we'd all meet at our school and we would literally play around the entire school uh, in teams that kick the can. We play that for three, four hours. And it was kind of back in the day. It was, yeah, when it gets dark, you go home. Uh, And then the other one I remember playing at recess is uh, we used to call it tan, but uh, I think other people played it by the name of red ass, (laughs) which is basically throwing a tennis ball against a wall and uh, you have to race up there and, and beat the throw to the wall. And if you don't, uh, you have to stand there with your 
your ass uh, facing someone and, and they're standing pretty close and they get to rifle the ball at you as hard as you can. Uh, hence the name Red Ass. So the kick the can was definitely an after school game and Red Ass was was a recess game for sure. And it's just, it's bringing back so much nostalgia. Like remember when you could just like touch other people? Like those were the days. <laughs> Did you, so kind of yeah. off topic. If you guys, maybe it's just me right now watching TV or movies. When I, Now all I think of when I see people is like, man, they are way too close together. Or they, man, they're touching each other too much. Like it's only, only been nine months, but that's the way my brain works now is looking at that bit. Yeah, you can't get, that's not six feet. Like get out of there. Or am I just a weirdo? Well, I mean, yeah, you are a weirdo, but yeah, that's uh, kind of open ended. Yeah, I know. I think you're, I do the same thing too. Um, or, I mean, that's how you tell if it's a, a new show or not, is when they're wearing masks I in hate the show. That. It's Hollywood. Just pretend. Yeah. Let us pretend. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I do miss that at the same time. I know. I, I do feel maybe in like two or three or four years down the road, we are going to get back to not worrying about social distancing. I think it's going to take a bit of time. I don't think immediately, I don't think in 2021 it's going to happen, but beyond that, hopefully we're able to high five and get closer yeah and i shouldn't complain too much because i i also i'm a guy who likes my space bubble i think there's you know close talkers and that there's there's no excuse hopefully kenny finds a way or whoever's in in power while kenny's in hawaii but you know hopefully they find a way to make close talking just against the rules forever just just because it's kind of gross <laughs> make, make it illegal <laughs> and all right you, you know what ted emmett 2024 that's gonna i'm gonna run just to make outlaw close talking all right you you heard it here first oh dear fans ted emmett hates close talking and he's running for premier i'll probably i'll light jog for premier let's be honest (laughs) all right all right well i think now it's time to move on again the the end of the episode which is exciting for people because we're almost at the end but time for a little more fun in games and matt we got a couple more episodes of this i think after episode four i'm gonna have to think of some new material but now it's time to learn a little bit more about dustin so kevin it's your turn to ask london i some questions about dustin and we'll, we'll see if either of us are right or even if what you think is right and dustin if if your favorite number isn't what we think <laughs> it is please tell us right away and don't make us live that lie so this one, this one, I worked pretty hard on the name because, uh, you know, the other names have been pretty not bad. So this segment is called The More You Know. Oh, wow. Lundy doesn't I've... even get it over there. <laughs> no, I get it. It's like it's like that NBC star that shoots across the screen. Yeah. And his last name's more. So it's like The More You Know, but also he's The More We Know. There's a lot of layers to it, man. I worked really hard on that. <laughs> well done, man. Well yeah. done. All right. Question number one. We've talked a lot about Dustin's family owning Northwest Motors over the years. So as part of that in high school, he was able to get decommissioned cop car, or at least that's the story he told us. What type of car was it that he drove in high school? Well, you, you'd know this more than me. I've never even heard that. I just got to guess that it's like a Crown Victoria because I, I usually mistake those for cop cars, but that's just a guess. Yeah, I have no idea what he drove in high school. Uh, Crown Vic's a great guess. I'll, I'll go with an Impala. Kev, you got to know. Uh, I think it's a Dodge Avenger. Nailed it. What color was it? It was a gold Dodge Avenger. And the one night I, I fell, I was tenting in a backyard at a party and I was getting my tent out of my car and I slipped and I fell and I pulled the door handle off. And the only door handle my dad had at the dealership was a white one. And uh, so my Dodge Avenger became a gold Dodge, Dodge Avenger with a white handle. Sounds pretty cool. <laughs> All right, so uh, when me and Dustin were 18 years old, we got tattoos together. Where on Dustin's body is his? 
Dustin's, I believe it's like between his shoulder blades. Oh, geez. I, I've, I've seen his body, his naked, naked body way too many times. And I can't picture where that but tattoo is. Then you know it's not on the front. It might be on the front. <laughs> <laughs> It just it just clicked that it is not, in fact, on the front. It's not on the front. Uh, that's what I meant to say. I'll go. It's over his. It's on his right shoulder. Right shoulder blade. Uh, so Ted's right uh, between the shoulder blades, kind of like at the top of the spine, base of the neck. It, you are correct. Okay. Here's the next question. Well, what is it? There's three elements minimum that you need to answer. Uh, so from what I remember, it says his name. So that's that's one element. First or last name? Uh, well, it better it better be his last name. Pretty weird if he had his first name. Or wait, you there. got them together. Does it say Kevin? Oh, that, that, does it say Kevin? Another... <laughs> oh, it says Kevin's name. Yeah. That would be pretty cute. <laughs> they, cute. The classic mix-up. Yeah. <laughs> so I was gonna say there's a Canadian flag in yeah. there, and something to do with hockey. Yeah, hockey. I think sticks. there's like hockey sticks. Yeah. In it or something like that. Let's go with those three. Oh, I think there. And now that I think there might be hockey sticks in there. So I had uh, name more. I think you have your year of birth, which is eighty six in there. <laughs> and the big part of it is a maple leaf. So that could be the. That's more Canadian, not necessarily hockey. Uh, but now that I think about it, there might be some hockey sticks in there as well. It's the classic eighteen year old hockey tattoo. Yeah. I wore white sunglasses and had puka shells too. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I've I've got a calf tattoo I got when I was nineteen, which I found out is is not very cool. So yeah, I, I can't judge too much. <laughs> yeah, no man, that's super cool. Maybe we can run some really shitty contest so that Dustin has to show us his tattoo. I thought oh, like the contest should <laughs> I don't be someone we... gets to tattoo Dustin. That'd be a better contest. Yeah, Ooh. let's do a contest where the loser has to get a tattoo. I've been looking for an excuse anyway. Let's worry about the one contest you're in first. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so I guess I'll give you guys each a point there. All right, that's fair. Dustin attended an East Coast Hockey League training camp as a tryout. What city was that in? Uh, I know it's down in the States, and (laughs) I'm going to say... You're really narrowing it down now. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, Boston. It's a little bit of a trick question, a little bit the way the way you worded it. Yeah, because I thought I, I'm I was positive that you went for like a AHL. I thought you went for a tryout in San Antonio. I feel like I've heard that story. You nailed it because I think you had a contract in the East Coast League, right? Yeah, that's correct. Thank you, Brent Sutter. You sold me. <laughs> Hope they kept the receipt. <laughs> they did. <laughs> so this this is a pretty subjective question, but we'll we'll see. Uh, ultimately, my answer is the right answer. Oh, I like it. What is Dustin's biggest hockey achievement? Ooh. Well, it was funny. I think, I feel like I brought this up and he, cause he forgot about it once. I know like he's, it's, uh, I hate it, but he's in the hockey hall of fame or like his gloves and stick or something like that are in the hockey hall of fame from the, the Viking cup for points record. So I wonder, I, I have a feeling cause it's subjective. That's not the right answer, but I think that's, it's gotta be up there. I know Dustin play, I can't remember the name of it, but it's like the, the university or the college's. He was on Team Canada, and they—I think they went over to the World University Games. I think yeah, were, yeah, okay, World University Games, and they went over to China, or yeah, China, yeah, China. So that yeah. would be—that'd be my vote. Playing on my line in the Long Ball Bombers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, both good answers. Really good answers. 
Ted was right, actually. Uh, I had Hockey Hall of Fame. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Me and uh, three of the guys I played with on the Olds Grizzlies got selected to play for the AJHL South team in the White in the Viking Cup against uh, like Finland, and there was a bunch of different countries. and And the Americans were they brought their under eighteen team, and all the other teams were U twenties or the AJHL. AJHL teams were U20, so we were a little older, but that year Kyle Ocposo and Alex Stalock were on the American team and Trevor Lewis, so three NHLers. And uh, I ended up having a really good tournament and uh, we ended up losing the gold medal game, but I had uh, 16 points in six games or something, had you know, got pretty lucky and, and, uh, they came and took my Jersey after, which I thought was pretty cool and ended up in the hockey hall of fame and, and found out after that, uh, Henrik Zetterberg and there's a few other Europeans that had played in that tournament that I ended up with more points as. So that's going to my grave with me that, that that's a pretty cool achievement. So it's the right answer. It's the right answer. Nice. I, you know, Teddy brought it up a while back. I totally told, you know, you kind of forget as you move on it because it's in Toronto and, and, uh, the, the Canada jersey behind me is a pretty cool achievement too, but it would have to be hockey hall of fame. We joke about your hockey career, but yeah, it's, it's a pretty amazing feat and, and it all led you to doing a podcast in your basement on the weekend. So congrats, <laughs> man. <laughs> Way to go. Yeah, you're training up. I regret nothing. Okay. Uh, next question. Can you beat him at a beer chugging contest? No. No, I, I can't. And my answer is no. <laughs> like maybe maybe overall volume, maybe, but not not speed. This body's built oh, for speed, baby. Yeah, and, and Lunds is built for endurance. <laughs> yeah. You got it, Jeff. You got it. <laughs> Both of them brought to you by Burger King. <laughs> you used to be a long distance runner, now you're a long distance drinker. Hey, i I adapt. <laughs> So for those that don't know, Dustin can drink uh, a pint of beer incredibly fast. What four gulps, maybe? Yeah, it's. I don't even know. I haven't done it. I haven't done it in a while. I I might have to do one for the podcast one day. All right. F- yeah. Future content. We're gonna see his tattoo while he chugs a beer. <laughs> yeah. What is it like? Two two and a half seconds. Two seconds, Dust. I think it's quicker. Under two seconds. Well. All right. Well, I mean, you still have to prove it, I guess. But yeah, we'll prove it. And I'd love to live in a world where under two seconds is impressive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. So I guess we'd say we we know a lot more about Dustin than we know about the any of the rest of each other. So it's I don't know. Draw your own conclusions there, but uh, cer- certainly led a, a very rich life, I guess that we've learned and <laughs> a lot of a lot of stories <laughs> to go with that. So uh, thanks everyone for for hanging on. Now, a, a story that's going to be, that's in the making is the time Dustin or, or Lund had to get their chest waxed. Hasn't happened yet. It's going to happen to one of you. Dustin's up 2-0 now in this competition. Lund, you don't want to fall back 3-0. That's a, that's a tough hill to climb. So keeping it simple this time, mainly because I waited until like an hour before we did this to come up with the game. So Kevin and I are going to take turns here. We're just going to give you some Alberta trivia. Grab your boards here. Basically, you're going to have to write down your answer and show it at the same time so that you can't try and copy each other's answer. So we're going to start off a little easy. Question number one. What is the provincial flower of Alberta? Oh, crap. Wild Wild rose. rose. Yeah, wild rose is the answer. Uh, The wild rose is prominent all over Alberta and was granted flower emblem status in 1930. 
Wow. And you knew that without looking at, I didn't even write that down for Walsh. That's pretty impressive. So, all right. So it's a tie one, one, uh, Walsh helped me keep score. Cause as I found in the first episode, I'm not good at keeping track. All right. So true or false in 2004, West Edmonton mall was the largest mall in the world. Oh, that's gotta be true. true. That actually is false. <laughs> Shoot. West Ed was the largest until 2004 when the Dubai Mall opened its doors and yeah. in, in, in Dubai. Oh, wow. So still 1-1. One, one. Question three. Which town is world famous for the ice cream shop McKay's? McKay's. I'll give you a hint. It's in Alberta. Yeah. Um, I'm going on away. I'll go Innisfail. The answer is Cochrane. James and Christina McKay took over the general store in Cochrane in 1946. All right, so that's that's two wrong in a row for both of you. Number four, I really wish I p- picked a different question. So let's all be adults about this and don't say Red Deer. Which Alberta town boasts the world's largest sausage? This one's actually a pretty hard one, but it's a fun fact. Vermilion. Three Hills. It's actually, it's Mundare. The monument was built to mark the home of the world's best Ukrainian sausage. <laughs> I've driven through there. It looks like a lot of things from a lot of different angles, none of which is a, is a sausage. Where is Mundare? It's I think it's like an hour east of Edmonton. Oh man. I believe, yeah. I was I was close to Mundare. Yeah, if you're going that way, it's it's worth a stop. Eastern Alberta has a lot of large things. There's the Easter egg, there's the sausage. Somewhere has the world's largest mallard, like I, a weird Eastern Alberta, Northeastern Alberta thing, I should say. <laughs> uh, question number five, which river flows through Edmonton? North Saskatchewan. Oh, I just have Saskatchewan. Oh, uh, no, I don't think. Are they two, di- are they two different rivers? Yep. Yeah, I, I would have to say that's 2-1, Dustin. Well, we're going to have to look this up. We'll look at the tape later. Yeah. <laughs> All right. True or false? In 2006, the Petro-Canada building in Calgary was the tallest building in Canada, not located in Toronto. True. True. Yeah, you both got that one. It is 215 meters tall, but well, 14 years ago, so there's a lot bigger buildings are around Canada now. So that's 3-2, Dustin. All right, question seven. This town south of Calgary got its name from the Blackfoot word that describes the giant rock that sits just outside of town. Oh, he's got it. It's quick. No, I have, t- I have no idea. Six seconds. Okotoks. Oh, Lundy, Okotoks. The Okotoks erratic comes from the Blackfoot word for rock, which is Okatok. Yeah, everyone knows that. That's impressive. Tie game. Three questions left, and I was smart enough to do a tiebreaker this time just in case. So question number eight, man, this is so easy. At what degree of northern latitude is Alberta's northern border located? <laughs> is it A, 55 oh. degrees, B, 58 degrees, C, 60 degrees, or D, 65 degrees? C. A, 55. Ryan Lund takes a 4-3 oh. lead. It is 60 degrees, and I, I had some fun fact, there's, but there's no such thing as a fun fact about that, so we'll just move on. 4-3, two questions left. Okay, question nine, true or false? Rough fescue is the official grass of Alberta. Oh, God, that's it's everywhere. False. False. Eh. True. Its scientific name is Festuca scabrella and was given the status of provincial grass in 2003. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't have to say that one. You did pretty that's a, good. That's a good fact, Dad. <laughs> did not know yeah. that we had an official grass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't either. That's why I threw it in. The things you learn when you just research stuff. Oh, wow. Jeez. 
All right, so I just have to tie him with this. Yeah, you this just, answer, just, hey? yeah. And this one, I think this one's not too hard. So Alberta boasts five different national parks. Which one is Canada's oldest? Ugh. Banff. Banff. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter, but it is the correct answer. Yeah. So Ryan Lund back in the game. Oh, I told but you a last close time. One. That's a, a five-four win. So you still only got half of them right, but that's all. Yeah, I just did enough. Woo! Deer call. <laughs> well, it's a it's a high high note to end on, which is a, that's a new thing for you. Took three episodes, but you get to go into the end of this feeling pretty good. I told you, I told you, I gave you a warning that I was going to sweep you after last week, and I followed through on my promise. Well, no, you you won one. Yeah, you, you followed through on part one of your promise. Part one of five. It's a five step plan. You want to know what step two is? Winning, winning the next one. Yeah. Do you want to know what step three is? No. <laughs> that pretty much does it for episode three. Again, we, we bump and grind our way to the end here. Thanks a lot for sticking with us. And didn't say it off the top, but again, you know, we, we didn't know if episode one was kind of an, an anomaly or not. It hasn't been. We've still seen some great support. So thanks again to everyone who who's listening and keeps listening, uh, following us on social media and interacting with us. Again, uh, at Oh Dear Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Make sure you follow along with us. Um, you know, we're trying to do some contests every now and then. So big shout out again to Doortender. Gave away those four $25 gift cards for uh, people to use on New Year's Eve there. And Bose, again, too, put together that uh, that great gift basket as well. Uh, so congratulations too, to all our winners on those. Keep your eyes open for, for more contests. And I promise you, I will never offer to shovel another driveway. Uh, but we're still going to give away lots of great stuff. So any closing remarks, final thoughts, or dare I say, like just and you, would you like to impart any wisdom as we... We close out episode three. Uh, no, uh, no wisdom here. Stay safe, stay smart, and looking forward to our new normal. Yeah, and have fun. We have a great uh, weather forecast coming up, so get outside and uh, enjoy the nice weather. Because you know, at some point, we're getting hit with a week of minus forty. I'd also like to give a shout out to everyone that's uh, listened to us. I know it's a lot, lot more people than we had initially expected. So, uh, yeah, thanks, thanks a lot for taking an hour or two out of your busy days. Yeah, and you know what? That wraps it up perfectly. So once again, for Dustin Moore, Kevin Walsh, Ryan Lund, I'm Ted Emmett, and I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, my tattoo is less lame than Dustin's.